Roth, and I am an expert on Latin America, but I wanted to come and talk to you tonight about despotism, which is a theme very close to my heart. <laughs> despotism is a rule by a despot, or a charismatic, tyrannical personality, as opposed to the rule by credible and stable institutions. In America, we are very thankful to have the rule of law and the rule of a relatively stable bureaucracy. If you work for the government in America, you can never be fired. <laughs> um, if you try to mail a letter in America, it will be delivered. If you drive down the street, you're going to make it where you're going. Um, this is not the case in much of the world. And the reason is that these countries, particularly in Latin America, are ruled by personality, by charismatic force of personality instead of by less interesting but more functional <laughs> institutions. <laughs> the case in point being uh, Hugo Chavez, the president of Venezuela, soon to be president for life of Venezuela. <laughs> Everyone knows who Hugo Chavez is? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Hugo Chavez is the president of Venezuela. He has many admirers in the United States, including uh, prominent blowhards like Sean Penn, <laughs> um, Tim Robbins. Um, they think Hugo Chavez is great because he gets up and he makes the best speeches. And he goes on TV for eight hours a day sometimes. Usually it's just an hour. But he's been known to host marathon TV sessions, taking calls from the people. He goes on the radio. He has people write songs about him. And that's pretty much what's running the country right now. Well, despotism is interesting to me because despotism is the condition under which most of the people in the world are forced to live. And despotism is also interesting to me because if you are one kind of despot, people in America will dislike you. If you're a Hitler or a Mussolini, you'll be extremely popular in America. But if you're a Hugo Chavez or a Fidel Castro, you'll be very popular in America. Or I mean, this depends. Hitler and Mussolini are extremely popular with a lot of Americans. And you know, the converse of that is true. But that's why it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you if you go to downtown Miami with your Fidel Castro t-shirt on that you got you know, at the gift tent of Lollapalooza 94, <laughs> you get the shit kicked out of you violently. But, you know, if you wore it, you know, to toss the disc around in the quad up at Berkeley, you know, you'd get lauded for that. So that's why it's interesting to me. Um, but so the, 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 the irony of it or like the hypocrisy of it is interesting to you? Uh, the hypocrisy of it is interesting to me. I don't see it as an ironic thing. I think some people may wear it in an ironic way, like a, a Che Guevara t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a Che Guevara t-shirt. I have a Che Guevara belt buckle. I don't wear it anymore. Because I used to be very misguided when I was young. Before I became an expert in Latin America, I was enamored of various despots, like Fidel Castro and Hugo Chavez. But I had a very rude awakening. Uh, oh, what was your, yeah, what was your rude awakening? I lived in Latin America. I lived in Buenos Aires and Chile. And I experienced the difference between the rule by personality and the rule by stable and credible institutions. In Chile, even though they recently experienced a very severe dictatorship, they now enjoy rule by credible and stable institutions. 
in Argentina. Well, so how did how did you how did you experience that? How did Chile? Like, what was what was the difference for you? The difference for me, everything works in Chile and nothing works in Argentina. In Argentina, the military is controlled. The military is not a meritocracy. The military is a brother-in-law brigade. Everybody's brother-in-law gets to have a really important job in the military. So the military doesn't really work. The people who should be running the military are all dead. You know, they get assassinated. They get murdered. This is something that I find humorous, but that's because I'm a sick person. Um, in Chile, the people who are in the military, the military is a credible, a credible institution because the country was run by the military for a long time. And now the military works, and the police work. And now, even though they enjoy a liberal democracy, and they had a socialist president for the last eight years until the recent election, everything works down there. You know, you can get elected president, and then you can, you know, you can be the socialist one day, and then get elected out, and they have a conservative president now. But he's not that conservative. In Argentina, there's only one political party, but there's hundreds of people running in that same party. And the problem with that party is that it's the Peronist party. And the Peronist party is named after Juan Peron, one of the great despots in Latin American history. Has everyone seen Evita? No way. Evita is Juan Peron's first wife. No, Evita is Juan Peron's second wife. <laughs> Juan Peron left his first wife to be with Evita because he realized that Evita was going places. But Peron, Peron had all kinds of tricks that he liked to do. He would go out on the balcony and take his jacket off. People would go nuts for that because in those days rich people wore jackets and poor people didn't wear jackets. Peron was a rich guy and he wore a jacket most of the time. But he realized this paradigm, let's call it that, and he would take his jacket off. People would go crazy for that shit. Ava Peron, exotic dancer. But, you know, the people liked her because they played it the right way. It was all about their personalities. And when they both died, well, there was a real bad problem. There was no Peron, and there was no Evita left over. So there was a power vacuum. There was chaos, complete chaos. People <coughs> were getting gunned down in the streets. Shit was getting blown up. People were getting kidnapped, and the military had to install another dictatorship in order to restore order. But anyway, I'm getting off yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah. Why, why don't we I'm, getting pause way, I'm getting way off topic. That's okay. That's I okay. wanted to talk about Hugo Chavez. Well, why, we, why don't we pause you for a second to uh, like, just get some like, questions and discussion going. So. Well, okay. I, don't, I don't want to take away your chance to talk about Hugo Chavez. No, I don't want to take it away either. <laughs> Please. Well, I was actually going to ask on... Uh, uh, there was this one phenomenon in this country, mm -hmm. especially during the election, the presidential election, that made me very wary of the, um, the cult of personality. Are you talking about Sarah Palin? Because no, I was, I was actually, going to talk about Sarah Palin. I was actually, Palin. Going, to talk, I was actually <laughs> going to talk about Obama. You were going to talk about Barack about Obama. The, about the, um, the cult of personality. The cult of personality, which Obama. actually was, uh, yeah, which, uh, which actually, I voted for Obama, but it was actually the reasons why other people voted for Obama. Uh, no, I understand why you would say that, but I view Obama, personally, I view Obama as an institutionalist with a very savvy team of people around him. And um, the real, the person who most fits the model of the Latin American despot in the most recent election is Sarah Palin. Because Sarah Palin has a strong regional base in a rural area. That's something that Hugo Chavez has. And Sarah Palin has almost no qualifications to lead the country, much like Hugo Chavez. Uh, Sarah Palin is great on TV. 
Or, well, I mean, to us, she's not. You know, to rich white people like us in Venezuela, when they see Hugo Chavez on TV, it makes them sick. The same way when we see Sarah Palin on TV, I presume, because this is Santa Monica, it makes us sick. <laughs> um, so Hugo Chavez, who is what I wanted to talk about, started off in the military. And he tried to launch a coup, but he did it too soon. And so he went to prison. But from prison, the idea was to create instability. And when you create instability, people look to a stable person. In Latin America, the cliche is a man on a horse. When everybody on the ground is freaking out, they want to look up to a man on a horse, with a, bra a, man a manly man. And that's the difference between Sarah Palin. But Sarah Palin embodies all of these qualities as well. She probably knows how to ride a horse. You know, a woman on a, on a uh, snowmobile. That's a good thing about her. Um, she rides, you know, she rides around with her gun. She, she takes out the bad guys, she's keeping her eye on the Russians. All this kind of empty rhetoric. So you create the instability. And then in this environment of instability, you come forward and you say, I am not a politician. I am a soldier. I am a farmer, whatever. And the politicians have failed you. So now it's time for all of us to get together without politics. Politics are done. Instead, we're just going to have me. We're just going to have Hugo. We're just going to have Sarah. We're just going to have Fidel, Che. You know, politics are done. All the, the only thing that politics got us was these arguments that led to all this instability. So in the aftermath of a civil war or an invasion or a deliberate uh, campaign of what are called black flag attacks, which make me sound crazy. I know. This is a conspiracy theory thing. And literally the Freemasons are involved. But, <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. That's another speech. Yes? I have two minutes to go? Well, let me open the floor to, to some yeah. more questions in the meantime. Yes, Stephen? Oh, they have, to, in, uh, they, they have to. In the Cuba, you have to. It's like a requirement. You have to watch or you have to give in our speeches. If them. you are at the speech, you probably figure that, well, there are people who legitimately love these people because they're supposed to be the father of the nation. And if your dad got blown up in the Civil War that allowed this guy to come to power, you've got no dad. And here comes Hugo Chavez, and he's, you know, big, and he has... Has anyone ever heard Hugo Chavez's voice? It's very, very deep. Yeah, he's very passionate, too. Yeah. He's a very passionate speaker. Yes, and his voice is very deep, and that resonates with people, literally, um, on a subconscious level. It makes them, you know, you, you just love that person. He's your daddy. He's, he's the nation's daddy. You have fucked up daddy issues? And here comes Daddy on horseback. So what you're saying is Latin America is just like it's just a lot an edible nightmare. Yeah. Edible nightmare. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. How do you feel about like the difference between this like style of despotism versus like South Korean sort of reclusive like God Emperor? North style? Korean despotism. Yeah, yeah, North Korean got it. Um, that is a different you know a different color of birth, but. In North Korea, they have the same. North Korea has the same kind of institutionalized daddy issues. 
No, in that it's all about Kim Il Sung, who's the father of Kim Jong Il, is still technically the president, even though he's dead. He's the president forever. So the the whole idea is that, or well, I'm sorry, I, did, I promised I wouldn't do this, say um, <laughs> but in North Korea before Kim Jong Il came to power, there was a struggle in internally. As everyone saw that Kim Il-sung, who had been the only person holding everything together in their fucked up little experiment, was about to die, they thought that, you know, they could seize the reins. So Kim Jong-il asserted his control personally over the military. So North Korea made a transition from a party-controlled state, a state that was controlled by the North Korean Workers' Party, to a military-controlled state. So... After Kim Jong-il came to power, the dominant ideology of North Korea became what was called Juche, or self-reliance, which emphasized a military-first policy. So I view that in the same way as a personal and uh, a personality control over institutions instead of ruled by credible institutions. Okay, yeah, so. that's probably time. Okay, uh, thanks. Got one question, one question, one question. Uh, do you smell a revolution in the countries like... North Korea and all the countries that you call uh, colored by personality as opposed to functional institutions? Uh, North Korea, no. Venezuela, we may do it for them. <laughs> uh, Cuba, maybe. The, the Cuban exile groups might be responsible for it. Argentina, no. Um, mostly no. Mostly no, with the exception of Venezuela, uh, which I think may you know, may have an unfortunate accident with the United States involved, which is what happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.